Basil and I are the only ones here. And the tiny ticket office, a.k.a. a converted porter cabin, is all locked up. We had to exit the platform via a rickety wooden side gate. So now what? There isn't even a bus stop or a phone box that I can see. And the snow is falling thicker and faster. We start walking. Well, I'm walking, trudging like a Sherpa, really, dragging my wheelie suitcase behind me, whereas Basil is bouncing along up front, biting the snow as if it's a real thing, and generally having a good time. We've been walking for at least ten minutes when we come to a fork in the road. There's one of those traditional white wooden country signposts, so I stop walking and after catching my breath, I reach up and wipe the snow away to see if we're even going in the right direction. Tyndaldale, two and a quarter. Two and a quarter miles? Sweet Jesus, when was the last time I walked that far? From what I can see, it's uphill all the way, and my backside still aches from the Zumba class. Maybe coming here wasn't such a good idea after all. On the numerous occasions when the Clio has conked out, I've just taken the tube or jumped on a bus. Getting around is easy in London, but not here, it seems. I scan the narrow, twisting country lane, hopeful for a bus stop. But there's nothing. Just trees and hedges and darkness and silence. I never knew the countryside could be this quiet. No car alarms, no shouting, no TV, no belting dubstep from next door at 3am on a school night. No nothing. Just nature at night time, I suppose. It's peaceful. And I never noticed it before when camping with the brownies as a child, but then there were ten giggling girls in sleeping bags right beside me. There aren't even any street lights now. Only a pretty pearlescent hue from the full moon high up in the inky, twinkly, starry night sky. Oh well, it could be fun, in a Dorothy-following-the-yellow-brick-road kind of way. Only my road is glistening snow-white to light the way. I click the heels of my fittingly red Converse trainers together and try to ignore the fact that they're already soaked through. Right on cue, Basil, thinking it's some kind of new game, leaps up at me. Catching him with my gloved hands, I laugh and pull him in close, letting him nuzzle into my face, his whiskery nose tickling my cheeks and making me smile. He can be my Toto. Come on, we'd better get on with it then, I say, placing him back on the snowy ground and making a mental note to buy a new mobile first thing in the morning. Figuring it will be easier to push the suitcase up the hill, I lengthen the strap on my handbag and swing it over my head, cross-body style, before pulling the bobble hat and hood down over my forehead to act as a kind of snow shield. Then I manoeuvre the suitcase into position like a mini snowplough and start trudging. And trudge some more. And more again. Past a quaint brick-built school with a tiny playground and an impressive clock tower at one end of the roof, a row of the cutest chocolate box cottages I've ever seen, with wrought iron gates leading into long front gardens surrounded by mature hedges and dotted with wooden bird feeders and wind chimes. One of the cottages has a pile of wellies and muddy boots stacked up in the porch by the front door. I can't help thinking how lovely it is that they can leave stuff like that outside without the fear of somebody nicking it. That would never happen in London. I put a herb planter on my windowsill once and it lasted exactly a day before it disappeared. 
I keep trudging until eventually I spot a hazy glow in the distance. A flicker. As we get closer, I see a single white column candle in a glass-covered storm lamp at the foot of a stone war memorial set in the middle of a very tiny village square. There's a festive holly wreath lying next to the candle. Its crimson red berries a vivid contrast in the white of the snow, and for some reason it takes my breath away. It's poignant and magical, and I stand mesmerised for a few minutes at the significance of the sight before me. Even Basil stops bounding and stands completely still, instinctively sensing the reverence of the moment. The snow stops and I notice a bus shelter to my left with a wooden bench inside. Hooray! I stagger in and sit down, grateful for the breather. Two and a quarter miles uphill in deep snow is very hard work. Evening.